You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome to the future. It is the year Thanks. 2010, the year we make contact. <laughs> we should have reviewed 2010, shouldn't we? Yeah, I have a hard time syncing you up with events and movies, so I again gave up actually. <laughs> You're very negative. <laughs> That's not negative. Uh-huh. I'm the I'm not I'm the one who wants you to go Start with the 2010 flow. with positivity. That is positive. You're the one who doesn't hook up well, events with the things. It'd so be excellent. I gave up. Do you think the film companies maybe should put out 2010 right now I on Blu-ray? Probably will. Yeah, then we, then we could review it. Anyway, uh, this is. The year 2010, we're speaking to you from the future. Negativity, my ass. Um, <laughs> do you know, when I was young and I thought of the year 2000, actually, but 2010 in particular, because when you watched a lot of sci-fi when you was a kid, it was always like, this is the year 2010. It was always around 2010 or, or 2000. I thought it was only the one movie was 2010. No, tons of Saturday morning cartoons were like, mm. it, the year 2010... You know, when was Transformers even? 2020 or something? It wasn't, no, I don't know. wasn't mega off into the future. This was the 20s, the 2000s and the 2010s was always like flying cars, silver clothes, all yeah. that. Well, I guess we're close. We've got gadgets. We've got like... Bianca wears silver clothes. We've got... Um, Bianca Jackson. <laughs> nobody knows what you're talking about. we got... Uh, Cell phone, personal communication devices. We still can't beam up or anything, but... Not yet. But, you know, 2010, it sounds so futuristic yet. They found a hole on the moon where they think they can build a colony, so... Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. When did they find that? Yesterday. I just saw the story on CNN yesterday, so... Well, you have to go to CNN and type <laughs> in, hole on the moon. You will find it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, 2010, we're in the future, but it's really the we're same. We're in the now. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of when I was a little kid and they said 2010. Well, we're actually got there, is what I'm saying. We're, who'd known if we were going to still be here in 20, but we are. So, uh, this is after the show number 103. Uh, we're going to be looking at the movie District 9 on Blu ray this week. Um, this is our first movie of 2010. Even though this movie came out Christmas week on Blu ray, we're like a. But we didn't. We weren't around. We did a Christmas one. No, we, we didn't on Christmas. We did it after Christmas, which was Love Actually. Yeah. They are, well, this movie came out after Christmas, is what I was saying. The week after... Uh, Last week. Tuesday, the 22nd of December. Oh, two weeks ago. So um, That was the week before Christmas. So this movie is available now on Blu-ray disc. Um, what we look at? So everything work, BD Live and everything. Yep, we, we went on there. Um, and this is uh, from our friends at Sony. Our first movie from our friends at Sony. And uh, you're going to tell us what it's about. Hmm. I guess you could have different interpretations. But on the surface, an alien race has... Uh, a ship has hovered over Johannesburg, or Johannesburg, South Africa, for 20 years. The aliens on board have been put in sort of like a slum. And it's rampant with crime and sort of debauchery. And now by, they are... By the human race. Yeah, they've been put there by the human race and just sort of left to rot kind of thing. And it's a social issue with humans and aliens. And now they're sending, you know, on one day they're going to evict everyone and send them over to another place where there are tents and stuff sort of outside the city. And they're sending a bureaucrat, office worker guy, 
in to uh, serve everybody with their eviction notices. And he's just sort of a nerdy cubicle worker kind of guy. And in the process, something happens to him and it sort of turns around. You get a little bigger view on, of course, what the alien, what the humans do and how they think of them. And it's not pretty. There's a big company involved, as always, who's the oppressor. Yeah, and the um, actual act of going in to serve eviction notices is just nothing. They're going to move them anyway, regardless yeah, of yeah. signing them it's on. It's bureaucrats. Yeah, stuff. it's just, you know, it doesn't really mean it. We want to make a, it look like we're going through the yeah. motions. So, you know, it's about inhumanity to alien. Hmm. An alien... Inhumanity? Yeah, inhumanity to man and inhumanity to alien. Anyway. But why do we have... Why, that's a good question. Why do we have to treat aliens humanely? And that's the idea. Why do we treat animals humanely? What does the word humane mean? Only in reference to us? Or is it something else? Big question. <laughs> Not just in reference to us, is it? In reference to animals. So How would we would expect in- to treat each other? And that's how we would expect to treat other beings. But we don't. Yeah. So, this uh, movie, let me say it from the outset, it blew my mind. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not undersell- I'm not overselling this movie. This movie, from the opening frame, absolutely captured me. Like, I love sci-fi stuff. It's po- possibly my favorite genre in a way. Like, I, I mean, I really like drama too, but... I think so too. I mean- sci-fi is like... If it's done well, it's good. If it's done badly, it's really bad. Like, there's a real line on sci-fi, whether it's good or bad for me. Um, but this, the way it was... I mean, this is a real pretty unique sci-fi movie. It's not a unique concept, really. Mm-mm. But it's a unique way of looking at it. Um, so this is done in, like, a documentary style, which... Not all of it. Not all of it, no. And that's really interesting, too, the way this is done. It's done in a documentary style and then a straight up narrative style and also a like a shaky cam slash uh, not much not action much, movie there's a little bit of shakiness but not, not much at all no I mean it's done in <clears throat> there's several styles and he drops the documentary um, angle and you don't even notice that he dropped it so that, that's how well it kind of comes across because it the, set the scene with this documentary and then you go into this guy's daily life in a documentary style. And then I, f- I found myself like the documentary style had dropped for 20 minutes and I hadn't noticed. So it's a really good, I don't know, it's, I've never seen it done before. See, to me, it didn't, none of it really, I didn't really think of it in the front of my mind at all. I mean, I didn't think, oh, this is documentary style. Oh, this isn't documentary. And not at all. It didn't occur to me. And neither did I. And that's what I'm saying. It was right. so well, it's so seamlessly done. At the end. Well, it obviously occurred to you. No, at the end it did. When I was when right. I, when I think back to get my points of view across, I was thinking, yes, it started like a documentary, and at some point the documentary ended. Mm. Yeah, I didn't realize, and then I was just in the story with this guy, you know, and even the story from this guy's perspective is often told by security cameras, bits of scattered old footage. You know, it's not mm. always straight up looking at him. Right, like right. you'll see him go past a security camera and it's in black right. and white or whatever. So it's an interesting, you know, visual thing to start with. Plus the opening shot of this huge... Spaceship. Like, size of a city spaceship just hovering over Johannesburg is like, you know, iconic, I think. 
Boy. These aliens are amazing. Iconic because it's from Independence Day, or no? It's just it's something that I will never. There it is. I'll never yeah. forget that image. It's just amazing. Like I, it, that was a perfect choice of opening shot in my opinion. Oh yeah. Because because um, it's a matter of fact, bing, bing, bang, and it's this huge, is it, and, and it's, it's a right there in daylight, nothing's hidden, it's yeah. just there. Like, And this is their way of life, this isn't uh, crazy to them or weird anymore, it just is there. Uh, yeah, because 20 years, they've been hit, that ship's been there for 20 years, right. so nobody really thinks different, you know, thinks, oh look, there's a ship, it's just part of life. Right, right, um, like a big building. Yeah, and I just like, I like the story, I like... It feels very real to me, even though it's full of aliens, because, <laughs> you know, it's effed up, the situation, right? So, if this situation really happened... So, there's this situation where they're all in the ship, but it's like when they show you inside the ship at the very beginning, to say, and they're all kind of just... It's like a concentration camp, almost. It just goes to... It's very real, do you know? Do you get mm-hmm. what I'm feeling? Yeah, yeah. It... it Everything comes across very real, apart from the fact that you're watching weird aliens running around. Right, right. I mean, but if you subtracted the aliens and just put, like they say, a parallel to South Africa, because yeah. it takes place in or South Africa. Or any culture, really. Yeah, if you, any place if you put a you different race of... people. We, yeah, like the Favela. Every culture and, treats them like shit. Yeah. So... You, they're nothing. They're like, you know, they're left to scavenge and to... I mean, this is this is to the extreme because these aliens. Yeah, but think about that's probably is how it was. Yeah, in places where there are fugitive, um, like when there are hundreds of thousands of people who might get out of warring countries and end up in camps and things outside of cities near in countries nearby. You know, it can't. It's not a good way of of caring for humans. You know, and because they come from another country, your country is like giving them some big favors that you shove them all in a big camp with a wire fence around them and then you judge them because they're not living up to your standard i mean it's a totally yeah. repeated thing through real human history so that's um, why i think we tap into it like oh god i mean you can say oh those crazy those aliens are nasty but just it's portraying a thing yeah. of humans and there's also the human degradation the aliens um have been given the nickname prawns because they kind of look like prawns but then the prawns is a derogatory term like the N-word would be right. to black people. So it's... There's also... There's a lot of real life things just brought in. claims into, that he didn't mean... No, it's totally... Message. No, I don't believe that yeah, at all. Not at I all. mean, if, it, if he didn't mean it, the lady who's the secondary writer did because it's so parallel to... Of course. To, you know, South Africa, really. I mean... Um, not just South Africa. Well... I mean, it's all over Just the because world. it's in... I mean, it's in South Africa and the lady right. said, you know... Obviously, it's a parallel to South Africa. We're filming it here, and, you know... I think it's a parallel to, like, everywhere. Well, anywhere really. that's downtrodden like that. No, I think anywhere. Even America or England, where you have your, quote-unquote, lower-class people. You kick them around and treat them like shit and wonder why. There's a lot more crime with the poverty. In poverty, there's a lot more illness. There's a lot more um, lower standard, what we think of as living. It's everywhere. Yeah, but I'm more thinking of, like, on an extreme, like, the favelas or South Africa or, you know. I think it's pretty extreme, and anywhere you go, to be yeah. honest. Well, I've never seen that kind of extreme. I've never seen that kind <laughs> of slump seen in it, England. But I bet there is some. Mm. Come on. What, like that? that? I'm sure. Come on. No. <laughs> I bet no, somebody, no. somebody tell him, enlighten him, that that's everywhere in the world. There's yeah. got to be poor people living like shit well, everywhere in the world. Well, there's poor people, but not like that. I mean, this is, like... 
people yeah, like eating out of a out of a ditch on the floor and India, that. China. There's loads of that. Yeah, well, I didn't say. I, I was you were just saying England. Hey, I'm America. sure there are people who scrounge around in our countries. Yeah, but I'm thinking Maybe on a mass, Canada. I'm actually thinking <laughs> on a mass scale, like the like the favelas, which we saw in City of God, right? Or South Africa. We've seen films in South Africa too, which oh, is, really. Yeah, we have. I, I'm trying to remember the name, but I won't because that'll be boring podcast. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think I have anyway. Anyway, um, so there's these prawns, as they call them. Um, which, the aliens. Which you wasn't particularly fond of, right? The animation or something. I didn't say that. Oh. I didn't say that at all. I said in the very beginning, it was like, okay, there's a little bit of janky movement and it doesn't look, it's a little bit, you know... The CGI isn't quite the movement of them, but it's like the first five minutes. I didn't say anything about not liking them. I think that just made me think, oh, I hope this, I hope it gets better, and it, then it just becomes perfect. It's like the two shots in the beginning weren't done somehow by the same people or something. It just looked a bit, I don't know. Is it just because it's the first time you see it? No, so. no. If you went back, we even saw it in the extras, and they showed that beginning clip, and I was like, yep, there that is again. So Because it was in the distance a little bit more. It wasn't up close. We're all the up close shot. No, the peep, the aliens in the foreground. Uh-huh. But they were farther away, like on the top of a car or something. See, I have no problems with any of the... C- in fact, for this minuscule budget this movie was on. What's minuscule? Um, it's really small. I mean, it's... A, it's like li- 50 million? It's literally an indie <laughs> film. You know? Oh, come on. An indie film is like $100,000. No, an indie film's not $100,000. I think. That's what I think of an indie film. No. No, no, no. Like Clerks, you know, twenty five grand. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's what I think of an indie film. Adventureland was an indie film, put it that way. It was. About $40 million. It was a studio movie. It was, an, it was independently made, though. It, it distributed by a studio. Right. right. Um, the... Budgetary concerns from District 9. <laughs> Riveting. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm just saying, when you say minuscule, and if you turn around and say it was $100 million, and we're like, what are you talking about, minuscule? <laughs> right. It's $100 it's million. Mi- dollars. Well, think of this movie, right? It's huge, epic, scale, fantastic special effects. In fact, some of the best special effects I've seen in the last God knows how long, discounting Avatar towards the end of the movie amazing looking like um, mm-hmm. seamless yeah just, yeah just, the big it cost right this cost less than most romantic comedies you'll see this cost 30 million dollars right right a romantic comedy usually when I look they cost 70 to 80 million dollars just the little ones you know like something we I'm just pretty sure other people are going to agree with me it's not minuscule that's minuscule for what's budget. on the screen I think whatever yeah that money's well spent because you really see... It looks like a movie that's triple the budget to me. I mean, I don't know how they did it, but, like, you know, it, it's also... It, it's a lot... It's real proper sets. They filmed it properly. They didn't just build a, a slum. They went to one, right? So there you go. There's a... Cheap, yeah, there's a save of money. Secondary, <laughs> like, um, the alien weapons and all that stuff. While They look fantastic. I mean, when the first time you picked up an alien gun, I was like... The design of that gun is amazing. Like, it, like it's like the design of a gun from a video game. Right. And I love design like that. And if you look at it though, it just looks like, uh, like Plastic. Pepsi bottles and stuff like spray yeah, yeah. painted. I mean, it just you can't really place what it is exactly, but I'm sure it was just 
junk stuck together. But it was Weta, right? They made all the props and yeah. all the designs. I can't, I can't. Some of the special effects, I mean, and that is fairly low budget for this type of movie. They're better than effects in movies that you've, you know. I'd say movies. Jackson's figured out ways of making it more efficient because it's his company that did all the special effects. So over the years, they've probably figured out ways. He has, and this, while it's a realistic kind of movie. It's a big action movie too. Like the last twenty minutes yeah, yeah. is literally a big action movie, but with a more grounded feel to it. Like, I mean, it's got action, hasn't it? In big, in a big way. Yeah, I guess. See, your perception is it's big action. To me, it's pretty. I mean, other than a couple of like flying into the area, it's very uh, set in one little strip it's, of land. It is small. It is. There's big gunfire. There's some explosions. And the special the, effects the, feeling, the entire time. Yeah, the feeling of big action is there. When in fact it's not a huge battle with millions of people or anything. It's just that they've done it. That might be why. Because you feel like you're right in it. Yeah, you do. I so think it it's feels. part... Do you remember um, Children of Men? Mm-hmm. The end scene. Yeah, where, yeah. Where I said to you, this battle... It's it's kind of a battle, isn't it, where he, where he's running away, trying to get through, yeah, yeah, and it's like filmed in this just this strange way where you feel like you're kind of behind him, like a video game almost. Yeah, this movie has a lot of that too, and there's something about that. I mean, there was a, it there makes was, it feel instead of looking at it from a distance and realizing how how it's in this little area, you're in the middle, so. Everything you see is battle and danger and, you know, I mean, drama everywhere. There was one shot with the commando guy, you know, the main commando guy. And he's wearing his cool, <laughs> you know, desert warfare kind of outfit. And he's, he's walking along and it was like a video game. The camera was kind of removed from him but pushed up over his shoulder. Do you, do you remember that scene? Because mm-hmm. I was watching it thinking, that looks like a... Sh- that looks like... Call of Duty or something I'm playing a game because the camera's not where you would imagine it to be if it was following a soldier in a movie it was like another thing happened that reminded me specifically of a video game and I'm going to have to think of it but something very video game happened I have to think of it something popped out of a machine or something happened that I've seen in a video game right and we'll go on we'll just explain this a tiny little bit here but Peter Jackson and Wingnut Films and Weta and Neil Blokamp, the director of this movie, were all supposed to be making the Halo movie, which is Microsoft's Halo game. Microsoft employed them. They actually made a five-minute version of the movie that's absolutely fully finished. You can watch it on Xbox Live. Um, It's a battle between the Covenant and the Master Chief. It's by Neil Blokamp. It's fully done. The vehicles are in there. The special effects are in there. The whole thing looks really incredible. But it's just a battle. It's not no story or anything. But they, that was proof of concept that they could make a movie. And then the movie fell through financially. Neil Blokamp was about to leave. And he's never made a movie. That was going to be his big deal, his first thing. And Peter Jackson kept him on board and said, Why don't we... Well, he's, he already made a short film called Alive in Joburg, which you can actually see on YouTube. I just pulled it up. Six-minute short, which is very much like District 9 if you go and watch it. That's it, what he said. This is yeah. District 9. It was District Basically. 9, but... No, he said, that was my story I wanted to tell. It's a and slightly different story, I just... Um, but it's it's almost another, like a proof of concept that this thing could exist. So Peter Jackson said, why don't we try and flesh out that and make a movie? And that's how this movie came about. So... 
maybe that's why they, I feel that it's a bit video gamey in parts. Mm. Because sure they were that. already dealing with a video game movie before they... That doesn't mean they were going to make it like a video game. I mean, this movie has definite... There was plenty of times where I thought this would actually... Not only does this kind of look yeah, like a video yeah. game, this would make a good video game. Yeah, definitely. Because the actual subject matter is perfect for a See, video. I think... Well, I mentioned afterwards, oh, they, you know, you can make a, a set of movies with this District 9 idea, but it would be better if you leave the movies alone and just make a video game after this, and that's it. Yeah. Now, like, then you carry on with the the look of it, and you can make it exactly. There could be go to their planet and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, there could be more movies of this. There's no doubt. Um, <laughs> no, I'm saying there's no doubt. They could it could become something bigger than. I mean, it's pretty big as it is for a small mm. movie. I mean, considering like Avatar cost. You know, Avatar cost, and considering what this cost... Avatar costs half a billion dollars. Yeah, and I think Avatar's actually made 700... Well... Million? Yes. <laughs> so over what it costs now. So that's good. But um, what I'm saying is Avatar, you, you can see the money on the screen, right? This, I believe you can too, for the small amount of money... I think this might actually be you more think that camera might be kicking himself in the ass. Thinking, like, why oh can I make it that for that? Because that, what, he, what this guy's done with that small... I know it's not a small amount of money, but it is. It's pretty amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. It's not like the first time they've ever made special effects. There's I'm not nothing, talking about the special yeah, effects. No, I'm talking about the entire style of it. Like, it's a new way of filming a movie. I, I mean, I've never seen a movie like this in my life, I'm, I'm about to say. What do you mean? We've seen loads of movies that have different kind of camera views. Do- and documentary, sure. like, slash, which ones, though? I don't, I don't know off the top of my any. head, but it's a, it wasn't new to me. I've never seen a sci-fi movie in this way. Uh, to me, I felt like I'd seen something brand new at mm. the end. Um, maybe I have seen a movie. Well, I've seen documentaries, but never... A, this is a mockumentary, I would say, right? Because it's not real. <laughs> it's like, it's well, no, pretending. it's not like a joke. No. I mean, it's not pretending to make a documentary. Well, I don't think a mockumentary means... I think a mockumentary means, you know... Oh, I think it's like a satire to me. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I think it's actually uh, something that isn't... And is it in the movie, are they making a documentary? Or is it just happens that there's a camera then? There's not an explanation, really, why that we're being... Why well, we're you see in a documentary of after... You've seen a documentary, I don't know how many years after, but you've seen it after the fact, because they've, like almost paying tribute to the man and all that the way they talk and stuff so it's like yeah stuff happened a long time ago or, uh, to me it's just like a look back on these events from the very beginning right? through the footage yeah through footage found footage like that guy said but there again at some point during the movie it stops becoming found footage and becomes you standing on the shoulder of this guy yeah experiencing his entire thing because you know if it was found footage and stuff you wouldn't this portions of this movie that <laughs> yeah, would never not. have been filmed no, 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 because no. he, you know, he does some wacky shit like that. You never. So, I guess all of that doesn't have any impact on me. To the be style, not really. See, the, if it wasn't, to me, in it was that... just it was just right. I mean, it didn't jump out at me. It didn't make me think about it at all. I just see it did I to mean, me. I've totally. seen movies where you're following the action with a handheld. We've seen movies where you see lots of. Cloverfield. Um, through, not just Cloverfield, you get Blair Witch Project. Just. And, I mean, we've seen that, but then we've also seen movies where you see lots of scenes that are security cameras or through a visor or 
from a from a screen that somebody's watching some action happening somewhere else or monitoring a room where some action's happening. You know what I mean? Like we've seen all that. And we've seen obviously big narrative or whatever you call it, like just storytelling camera work. To me it was just seamless, it just flowed in. It didn't it didn't impact me the same way it did you, obviously. See, to me, uh, it was all about the visual. Like, all right. And to me, it wasn't at because all. To me, it was all about the story. To me, like, I've never seen that visual before, that style. Very realistic, but it's absolutely out there sci-fi in a realistic setting. Mm. Um, also done in the documentary slash, what do you call it? Shaky cam, whatever yeah, you yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call it, action cam maybe. I don't Hand-held. I don't know what you would even call it. Like um, handheld, you know. but not like give you a headache. It's just you no, know, but you're it's aware. Not, but it's not a static camera. You're Absolutely watching not. the characters through a camera that they are aware of, so yeah. they might turn to the camera and speak or yeah, say something, which I really like right. too. I mean, and and I know one of the actors actually mentioned that, but when he said it, I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. Like right. it's like if you're an actor, that's another layer of acting on top of your acting, because you can, yeah, react. You're not reacting to the audience; you're reacting to the camera. I don't know why that's different than reacting to another character, though. It's the same thing. Well, it, you can react to another cali- another character and the camera at the same time, right? There's another layer of something watching you. Mm, true, true. Maybe like being on the stage where you've got like an actual audience. And then another, ca- you know, yeah. like it's more. I guess it just totally didn't occur to me until now. Honestly, it just it all flowed exactly right. It didn't. Nothing stood out to me as being like brand new visuals, other than like you said, you're very ground. It's not glossy. It's not like. And he said, I didn't want to make a Hollywood kind of movie, and it doesn't feel like that. There it are feels. times when you say, "Oh, these people have seen a lot of Hollywood movies," yeah, because that's where the you know the inspiration for. A car chase or whatever might be coming from, but I never felt like, oh, I've never seen this style of I th- movie before. I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is what I feel about it uh, in particular. What the thing I felt the most from it is it felt like it could be real, right? Even though it's yeah, definitely kind of crazy. Like the you know because that's we're not going to experience that, or maybe we will, but. Everything felt real, you know, bureaucracy thrown in there. Yes, totally. Which we obviously we would have in any, you know, any. We seem to add that to everything. Don't See, I we? think I was thinking of that more than anything else. Was the bureaucracy, the treatment of them? I absolutely. Yeah, one of the other things that really grounded the main character, who we'll mention in the cast part, but the main character is kind of multi-layered. Even though he, he's not absolutely a hero, he's yeah. not absolutely a villain. He's like in the middle of something, like where you can't actually pinpoint how you feel about him. No, like for the first, I'd say twenty minutes. Do we want to tell people any stuff? Like, I don't want to tell. I don't want to tell. Well, well I'll, I'm not telling it. But for the first twenty minutes, I would say I absolutely wasn't sure, you know, about right. about him at all. And then, kind of had a feeling about him in the middle of the movie and at the end of the movie I had a different feeling about him again like so <laughs> that shows you how um, layered he is because and he really is like, yeah you're not is. strung along to you know he's not your average he's not like your hunky he's not um, hero guy. Affleck in Armageddon no he's, <laughs> in fact he's he's not he's an everyman you know? just a normal man he's not a hunky you know commando man he's not a he's a 
pen pusher. He's a bureaucrat. Guy. A pen pusher, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really it. it. Yeah, yeah. He was and, promoted to that position. was a big deal. He's going around with his, with his clipboard. It's the most uh, asinine thing to send a guy in a suit and a tie, along with dudes with armor and machine guns yeah, and rockets. Commando. And he's got his vest on, and yet his job is this bureaucratic paperwork bullshit to have people, people, creatures, who don't speak your language, who don't write, who don't do anything... You, but you want them to sign off on their own eviction out of a shack that you put them in to send them to a tent somewhere else. And I mean, he's... it's all so absurd. So that he's in the middle of that, and he's just like everybody else who's a zombie in life, just going along. But he's also doing got this thing. weird, like at the beginning there, this one particular instance, which it's like a throwaway, like one second thing that made me feel, oh wow, that's really cool. He's also got this like like cavalier attitude where he's with this other guy who's going to actually be doing his job in in you know mm. and there's this guy says can I have a bulletproof vest and the main character who's called Wilkes Vickers Vickers they call me he says Oh, you don't need a vest. It doesn't even matter while he's putting his on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's like a Like he wasn't willing to just hand no. his over. No, no, no. But it was like, oh, you'll be fine. Uh, but it was like a like a five, you know, one like second dialogue. That maybe completely... uh, not completely aware. He's not the kind of guy who gets all of the social implications. I don't think of he feels happening. the danger of it either. It's just pieces of paper. He just represents and, and people, doesn't he? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's why I love the character because it's it's quite deep if you allow it to be. I mean, yeah, you can just take it on sure. face value, but there's a lot to it, you know. Plus and it takes look. longer than 20 minutes to get into the movie <laughs> for some people. Yeah, you <laughs> might want to tell that story. Oh, my God. A few weeks ago, someone that I know, we get, you know, talking. Oh, God. Have you seen that District 9? That's the worst movie I've ever seen. I hated it. We talked about it 20 minutes in. We were like, we're out of here. In the theater this <laughs> Yeah. Like, and then I'm thinking, I don't let people's opinion co- color me because I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about anything. In fact, I try really hard. It's a dilemma for me to even do a podcast telling people what I think and talking about movies because I don't want to taint your mind. I don't want to color what you think or how you go into it. I, I always like, I always hope people have already seen it when they listen to our podcast. Yeah, but I think the opposite. Yeah. I think they're listening because they want to know what we think. And yeah. I have a really hard time sometimes because I don't want to say anything that influences people. So him saying that didn't like didn't make me go, oh, that's probably crap. It was more like... What are you talking about? How can you get up after 20 minutes of a movie? We're talking about a man here, though. Let me just add my thing to it. This man thinks, and he's literally seen this movie ten times, that one of the greatest movies ever is Catwoman with Halle Berry. And the only reason is because she's a hot chick in a tight suit. Yeah. So, so that's opinion, as far as he gets. Like his opinion that. doesn't matter to me. It's just that idea that... Why would you think it's bad in the first 20 minutes? And I thought the first 20 minutes were... I mean, the whole... Captivating. See, that's the thing. The whole movie's captivating. It never takes a breather, ever. It's like absolutely one thing to another. There's never a slow moment. The story's always unfolding. And it goes to places where I didn't expect it to go. Like, towards the end. Um, So, and it's paced brilliantly, I think. And it's totally rewatchable. I would watch it again. Yeah, it is rewatchable. Um, I'd watch it with the commentary. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, Fully. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I think it's rewatchable just as a, you know, it's it's actually a very good movie. Yeah, because you're going to be loads of things visually you didn't catch because you're focused on a bit of action that's happening. Yeah. And in reality, what you're saying about you're witnessing was supposed to be just these aliens kind of living in without the gloss, without big shiny sh- spaceships, without... I mean, even they themselves aren't shiny and glossy. They're all different. They've got paint on them, some of them. Some of them have, like, decoupage little notes Don't and paper and on stuff, them and yeah. stuff. All kind of, and bits of cloth. And and interesting thing we never mentioned here is another, you know, dichotomy or whatever you call it, is that these aliens also brought with them these amazing this amazing alien weaponry mm. that exists all throughout this area. It's just there, scattered around. But it's coded into their DNA, so we can't use it. So, so it's like a temptation for humans to. And it's way better than our out. weaponry. Our right. weaponry just looks like pea shooters compared. So that also adds another. It really is a com. It's totally a social commentary oh, or a is. human, co- whatever you want to say. Like, and it's the same with alien and or aliens and with um, Independence Day. Any of those where humans think. By going in and blowing the shit out of everything, or or controlling it and suppressing it, oppressing it, you can like step on it and use it to your advantage. I guess you could. I guess you could um, parallel that to the war in Iraq. Also, any war. Yeah. Any. I mean, right now, like in a. I know, but I'm saying that's anywhere. Any war is only because somebody wants to control something that they don't have. So. In conclusion, for the movie itself, it, I think it's a mind-blowing movie. Like a, you know, when we were saying the other week about Avatar being like a, mm-hmm. when we watched Avatar and I came out of it, feel like I saw something different. I feel like I saw something different today here with District Nine. I mean, yes, the th- there are themes you've seen in a billion other movies. Same with Avatar. But the way this is all constructed, same with Avatar actually. Yeah, the way this is constructed and everything that's, I don't know, it just feels like it was like. It's like, though, too, we've gone somewhere we've never been. We've never been uh, in in a movie, in a situation where everyone is South African, the no, accent that's, is everywhere. No, that's also great, too. There's the, also the introduction of what must be a social issue for them, like the Nigerian gangs and whatnot in the slum areas, and the drugs and the weapons, and that's not something we experience. Huh. So anybody can laugh it off and say, oh, you're just watching a movie. You're not going anywhere. I agree with that. I haven't traveled to South Africa. But it it being something all new, just like Avatar, just like Star Wars or anything where you've never seen that kind of stuff before, you just, me, I get lost in it. See, and I absolutely feel that this, like Avatar, I came out and thought that was different. I feel like I saw something different there. This one, smaller scale than Avatar, still felt like I'd seen something. And something that I don't think we'll see again. It's like a Blair Witch. Like, you saw it. Yeah. And then... The style kind of... You know. I don't know. The more you can integrate that kind of special effects, the CGI creatures, into a real-life setting, that can only get better, From in my opinion. I mean, you know what? We're going to have a comedy... Like a Hulk Hogan as the nanny, but we're going to have some alien creature as a nanny at some point who looks fantastic like an avatar Probably. thing, but in a home in a suburb outside of like Newark, New Jersey, who has to press the pram and go grocery shopping and all that kind of shit. And we'll all be like, oh my God, did you see that? It's yeah. crazy. That alien was like rocking. You know what I mean? It's going to eventually that technology that's blowing us away right now is going to be used 
in those ways as well. But when, like you just say there, this technology that's blown us away now, this movie is not especially the technology that's blown us, that blew me away. It was just the way it was all constructed. Like, mm. it was everything, really. The setting, the script, the character development, which actually is funny, funny we mentioned the character development, because when we did the cast, I find it hard to list a bunch of people, because most people are unknown, and when we were saying who stands out, it's well, the main guy that, stands yeah. out. He's like the movie. There are some supporting people, but it's hard to yeah, because um, everyone's very good. There's no nobody's. There's no moment bad, when no. you're like, oh, roll Not your eyes guy. at somebody. No, it's all good. Like all solid, believable. You know, well done. It's just that nobody had enough time and input most most of the way through, except for the Nigerian guy. I don't know if he got his name, but no. The- I'd say if you were, I'd say if you're a fan of sci-fi in any way, um, this is a movie for you. I mean, you might have overlooked it. I don't know. How could you overlook it? It's like the most talked about movie. Yeah, I mean, combined it's, it's with up Avatar. for Golden Globes and different awards. Um, I now I've seen it, I can understand why because it's. I think this kind of movie should be encouraged. You know, different. Sure. Don't feel like I've seen it a million times before, which you can't say that for every movie you watch. Correct. Even um, though you have. Even though... So it's it, like, are we being tricked because of all the fancy look? Like, Avatar is the same story we've heard a million Avatar times. Avatar story... In fact, this is something I was speaking to my friend about. On hindsight, now, you know, a few weeks later, thinking of Avatar. The story's actually not that good. It's more like a... I was thinking, if it didn't have the fancy 3D... Yeah, and the fancy effects. That story wouldn't be... You know, you've seen that story a million That's times. That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. So are we just being fooled into, like, this sort of uh, flash-over substance thing? Pro- like because then we sit down to watch Love Actually, and we both are completely in love with it and fawn over it every time we see yeah. it. And it's still there's all the same stories. About that. And, and there's no new seen, stories there no, either. New love Marriages and love stories. New. So what's wrong with us? Like, <laughs> the different... the thing, there's It's that thing, that... Can't touch it, can't figure it out, but... Then we can watch some other big movie, 10,000 BC, which is an incredible kind of storytelling potential with all these weird things mixed in, and yet you get done with it and you're just like, what was that? What were they thinking, you know? It wasn't right. You could pick out elements that I loved, the idea of, and yet with all the visual effects that weren't great and some were, it was just, you couldn't pinpoint why that one doesn't work. No. Whereas Apocalypto, you're watching it. It's another one that's not a lot of special effects, and yet it's like captivating and different. That was a totally different. Yeah, thing. you don't feel like you'd seen anything yeah, exactly. like that, and I still don't. And it was now. well done. And that's why I'm saying I don't think people District Nine to me would be like one of the movies that people don't really copy. It was just like right. Well, somebody will. Here, yeah. yeah, somebody, but never as good. Here's here's something unique. Let's see, when was the last time we had aliens living just in a normal life? I don't know. Alf? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An alien living partially behind a couch most that, of the that time? That was good quality. <laughs> <laughs> that looked so real. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, they should re-visit re, uh, that. Hey, Alf the movie would be awesome. Who would be Alf? Who would be uh, the CGI? Vo- who would be the voice of Alf? This, Jason he, Lee. Did he die? Who, the guy yeah. who did Alf's voice? I, I get the feeling he did. <laughs> just for what? He was old when he did the voice. He was <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the cast, which I say is very, very short for this movie because we only actually pinpointed two people out of looking at everybody. 
but not to say everybody does a fine job. Yeah, everybody. I mean, and some people only have like three seconds on screen because there's a lot of people in the movie. They interview people. They yeah, and you're focused mostly though on Vic. Yeah, Vickers. Vickers. So Vickers Van der Meer, I believe is how you say his name, is played by Shalto Copley, who is a South African. Or is I he think in so. I New Zealand. I think he's New Zealand. I'm not hundred percent. Um, sure. Who was also in the shot alive in Joburg, which you can. Oh, get, was he? Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Which you can get on YouTube if you right. want to see it. Um, but not much else. So he is the heart of the movie. Totally. I just think he's. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things about him is obviously yeah. You know, they have. It's South African, isn't he? He yeah. has a South African accent. Yeah. And. There's parts where he's, like, doing some action. And the way he says fuck <laughs> is really... is very different to the way... He, how does he say it? Fuka. Fuka. Like that, is it? Something like that. But it's really... He, there's some action scenes where he's yelling that word. And they just it just adds, like, a... Just because the guy's South African and you're not used to the accent, it just adds <laughs> some another layer of... He sounds so, like... Like small town, like yeah, but it really does. I, I <laughs> it does. Oh, I mean, totally. I'm used to different accents, but that is an accent I don't hear very Correct. often. Correct. Since Lethal Weapon <laughs> brought it to us originally, remember they couldn't figure out the accent and turned out to be yeah, South right, African. Yeah, yeah. That's um, what I always think of, like the De Blooms or whatever. And then he was like, "What was that accent that guy had?" And then they figured it out, and that's why I always think of. But you know, and this guy, you won't know his face. You might, f- you might feel like you know his yeah, face, but totally. you don't. Totally, um, I feel so familiar. I think you'll see his face again, though, because I, I think he did an excellent job. And this isn't an easy. He seemed to take it very seriously. What he does in this movie isn't particularly easy. I'm sure. No, no. It's quite an intense ride. There's a lot of physicality, yeah. as they say. Uh, and the other guy I mentioned was uh, Jason Cope, and he plays the alien, the actual alien, and he plays like quite the a Adam, few parts. Is his name Adam Circus? Andy Circus. Andy Circus. He does like that. that. He's guy. the dude who was wears all the dots and does Where's all like the acting. Some little stilts as well. Right. He does all the actual acting and movements. Of the alien, and he said about eleven different ones actually, but the main one he does who this and he also plays character. a talking head guy. In yeah, the but I mean, mostly he's the alien guy, and he does every scene, does every movement, does the dialogue and everything, and then of course they cover him up with the CGI guy. So I think you got to give credit. Yeah, you know, and I give credit to everybody, even yes. though I can't go to mention <laughs> them all because the Nigerian, no, this isn't a the, movie with two people in it. The gang guy was really good. He was real. Like I was like, oh, he, yeah. he's creeping me out, but somehow I'm strangely attracted to that was another very game uh, video game kind of I mean I've seen I've seen that kind of body in video games more than I have in movies do you know the even Uncharted you might which I played Mm. this week Uncharted 2 I mean that kind of oh yeah I don't even know drug lord kind of guy yeah but like real like dangerous dangerous you don't want to go near him right even this guy says, don't look at him, just keep yeah, going. Yeah, but it's going good foggy. That will bring us trouble. That will bring look. us trouble. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. So, yeah, that, they're the people we mentioned. Uh, directed by Neil Blomkamp, who directed Alive in Joburg. And I definitely say go and watch that. You know, it's free. Mm, sure. You can go on YouTube and watch it. Um, and you'll see where this came from. Watch this first, though. Yeah, do watch this first, because I just watched it. And... It would have planted yeah, ideas kind in your of, mind. Yeah. It would, actually. It would. Even the opening scene of it would plant ideas about this. So, um, 
we watched the Blu-ray disc, which looks fantastic. This movie was filmed on one of the uh, red HD cameras, which is like is the most HD camera you can get. So the movie, and this movie uses like different footage too. Like sometimes it'll be fuzzy, sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be amazingly sharp. So yes, it's inconsistent, but it's supposed to be that way because you get news reports. You get just like the sound from. Public enemies. Yeah, but the sound in this movie is not like. <laughs> no, I mean he's claiming it's on purpose, the shitty yeah. sound, but it's not. Yeah, this well, there's nothing shitty. Looks about fantastic. It. No, no, it no. looks fantastic. Yeah, so um, it, if it's the Blu-ray disc that we looked at, and it has got some special features. First of all, deleted scenes, which I actually really enjoyed. There's quite a lot of deleted mm-hmm. scenes as well. They went on for a while, didn't they? Um, most are finished, but then some are real. Some are really good because it's just like them going to the shacks of different aliens to get them to sign the paper. But the alien guy hasn't been done yet, so it's just the guy in the suit. But you get to see the acting. That's what I like, to see that there's a... It's not like somebody in a, you know, computer desk... Or just somebody holding a ball up up and they look at it. Right. It's it's like like a guy moving his arms and doing the, like, cracking his neck, and then when they're running through the computer, it's his body, but with the... But then when we see him in extras, he's actually got... An alien yeah, he has, suit yeah. on. Yeah. So there must be a lot of close-ups. Because, you know, or Peter from Jackson. the back and stuff. He likes a lot of, uh, yeah, like, real li- in-camera stuff. Oh, I don't think we mentioned Peter... We didn't mention Peter Jackson. <laughs> He's a producer. Peter Jackson's the producer on this movie. And not, for people not who the don't director. understand, a producer is the person who does everything for the director. Other um, than the specific jobs of cinematography. The producer's the guy who... Keeps the peace between the director and the budget people. He's the guy who uh, hires the people sometimes, or hires the people who hires the people. He's the guy who comes on the set and says, "Do we need an army advisor? I'll get one." You know, he's the guy who does everything. And Peter like Jackson's that, that, that guy who made Lord of the Rings. If you don't, know right? But and then he did everything. Andy was the director. In this, he just in, in he this was, he wanted to make clear because I saw an interview with him the other day, which I was telling you that. He was every step of the way on this movie. He wasn't just like a guy That's, who, that's what I'm saying to people yeah. who don't seem to understand. Right. That is what a producer is. And Eve, even the director who is new to the job was... You know when like we've seen extras where George Lucas pops by every couple of days to make sure everything is... He signs off on things. Peter Jackson came in to do that job also. Like, um, yes, I like that alien design. I don't like that one. You know, so he was hmm, very... Why would that be his decision, I wonder? Apparently very involved up to that level. So I think it was more like, well, what do you think? Kind of. <laughs> I don't think Peter Jackson is the nope, nope, nope type. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's, uh, you know, he's come a come a long way, Mr. Jackson. Um, so, yes, deleted scenes, really good. There's quite a few of them. Um, I would say probably 20 minutes worth of them. There's Those quite a lot. Um, there's the director's commentary. Then there's a film log, which is called, it's split into three parts. Um which would be like the alien agenda is the first part. The second part is metamorphosis. No, no, no. it's all just making of, really. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's quite an in-depth one. Yeah, um, it's not your average. You, there's interviews with most people who are in the movie. There's no reason to watch one or the other. Just watch, just watch it all. Yeah. yeah, and it lasts like 35 minutes if you watch the whole thing. Then there's a bunch of other. In the vein of this thing, but more, m- more going into detail. One is the transformation of Wickus. One is acting and improvisation, creating the world of District Nine and the visual effects. I mean, they, they explain what they are yeah, right yeah. there in the title. Um, there's a Joe Berg from above interactive satellite map 
of District 9, so you can we see... We that on some other movie, Taken. Remember when we did? It's show, it's so you can show you where right. exactly where in real life this stuff is happening. Um, then there's a really interesting uh, extra on this disc, and that's a God of War three playable demo for your PlayStation three. Now it's the first time I've ever seen a video game demo given away on a Blu-ray movie, and not that it has anything to do with this movie, the the game, but this demo. It's Sony. Yeah, this demo you can't get any other way at the moment. I'm sure it'll go on the PlayStation Store eventually, but at the moment you have to get this disc. What's really cool though is if you really want this demo, you can actually just rent this disc and copy it. Co- do you, you can, think? Yeah, I just did it. I know, but do you think all the rental copies will have Yeah, because it, it, it comes up saying if you've got this as a rental, you can't use the digital copy. It goes across like... Right. So it's just the same disc. So, so it might say if you've rented this, you can't have the demo. No, it doesn't. I looked. So you can even copy, you copy basically the demo to your hard drive and then play it. It's about three gigabytes. Um, and the demo was fantastic. I just played it. It's not very long. It's about 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, but it shows you, I mean, God of War is one of the biggest PlayStation games ever. So it's coming out in March 2010. So you get a chance to play a little bit of it. I, I would like to see more of that on movies. I mean, why not drop a bunch of demos on them? I mean, there's a lot of space on these discs. Yeah. Um, and then there's BD Live capability. And this is the first Sony disc we've looked at. So uh, we went to the Sony BD Live place, and it's just like everybody else's. Yeah. You, know, you can look at some trailers. trailers yeah. and... um, but this also has a thing called Movie IQ, which is powered by BD Live, which allows you to access real-time information on the cast trivia and more while watching the movie. So it's like pop-up video yeah. for... But pulled from their server, so they can change it whenever they want. So... By rights, if you'd watch this with the movie IQ on, they could alert you and say, it's a whole new movie IQ this week, and you could watch a different one. Not sh- not saying that that's going to happen, no, but it could. I think they would pretty much leave movies Sign in the off dust, on them. yeah. yeah. Um, and that's about it. It's, it's, there's quite a few extras. There's also, you can change the menu of the movie. So at the beginning, when the movie loads, get a chance to choose humans or aliens and whichever one you choose the menu of the movie reflects yeah, yeah. that side which I liked um, it's only a small little touch but it really changes yeah. the look completely we chose the aliens and Correct. it was the kind of like a heads up touch futuristic kind of touch screen and then when you choose the humans it's kind of bureaucracy looking like yes. a, <laughs> you know paper and stuff so um, that must be a problem in the whole freaking world why don't we just quit with the paperwork already gee many christmas i mean seriously it's like it's like a plague on every culture paperwork and fucking pencil pushers can there isn't there more creative wonderful things we could be doing with our time there is but it's not going to change is it so oh good attitude <laughs> that's how i feel um so now it's being negative in conclusion direct district nine it's an absolute must-have for me anyway on your shelf rewatch it Keep it forever. <laughs> I think it's like like Avatar, the pinnacle of movie making in 2009. The end of 2009 for me. Well, I'm not sure about that, but... For, for me, it totally is. It was like a changing experience. I think in five years we'll watch something else and look back at that and go, yeah, I could have... Yeah, well, I am specifically saying it's the pinnacle of movie making in 2009, right? The end mm-hmm. of 2009. Um, it, it kind of evokes this time, everything, like... Um, you know, and I'm not saying it's highbrow, because at the end of the day, it's a sci-fi movie. Yeah, yeah. But 
I think any everybody can get something for it. You can get something for it on a basic level, or you Except can for look deeper into. People who love Catwoman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you recommend? I highly recommend it. I give it. I don't. Rec- I wouldn't recommend it to everyone because I do know there are people who don't who wouldn't be into it. A few people. Well, I give it nine prawns out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> so um, nine prawns out of ten. What? <laughs> Cocktails. Egg fried rice with egg fried rice. Oh my god, that's awful. All right, so uh, thank you to Sony for the Blu-ray. And uh, next week we have our review of Jennifer's Body on Blu-ray disc. Um, Why are we watching that one? I don't know anything about it. I don't know. Isn't it What's Her Face? It it stars Megan Fox. But I don't know anything. All I know is it's by the writer Diablo Cody, who wrote Juno, Mm. which I actually really enjoyed a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's all all I know. I'll keep my mind open. There you go. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be reviewing Jennifer's Body on Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> we've also got some competitions. Sometimes not reviewing Jennifer's Body in person. No. <laughs> I don't think she's going to come over for the show so we can, you know, review it. So, uh, we've also got contests on the site where you can win copies of movies. Right. Don't look at me. Contests are you. I can't get any more vague yeah. than that. <laughs> Go to ascoli.com and... Look in the right-hand side, and there's some movies you can win. Let, let me just say that. And you will. You get it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, you, if, you're, if you're the lucky winner. Um, movie recommendations for this week, based on District 9. These are two that came to my head. One of them, I have no idea why, but it did. The first one is The Fly. And reasons will become clear when you watch the movie, I guess. Yeah. You know, the, the, the original. original David Cronenberg's yeah, yeah. The Fly. And the second one is Three Kings with George you don't, Clooney. You don't mean the original original. You mean... I mean the, the Cronenberg one. Right, From okay. the 80s. Is it the 80s or the 90s? Jeff Goldblum. Probably the 90s. No, probably uh, the 80s. 80s. Late 80s, maybe. Uh, and the second one is Three Kings with George Clooney and Marky Mark. Because of the desert? I just... There was a certain camera work thing in that movie. And there was a certain dirty feel to it. Yeah. That I kind of got from this one also. So no, that that's why. And I also love that movie, Three Kings. It's like underrated. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a long time. It's really, it's kind of odd, but it's really cool. Um, With the message. Yeah. And mine are Tremors, because I want to think of one that there's something extraordinary happening, or that's all of a sudden plunked into someone's life with little to no explanation. Okay, Tremors is big giant worm things under the sand out in this Kevin Bacon. prairie land with Kevin Bacon and Reba McIntyre and the guy from Family Ties. <laughs> and it's actually quite good. I mean, it's not a, seen it for a action long time. kind of, and it's, you know, it's about people. And again, it's one of those weird things where you're trying to grasp what the hell's going on. You don't get like a, oh, last week, giant worms dropped from outer space or anything like that. It's just kind of like there's something I can tell is. you about that movie it seems beloved because it's always on television it is on TV HBO screen it a lot when when I watch HBO it's, it's good yeah yeah it's, it, it gets played a lot that's yeah what I'm it's a good one and uh, the other one is Blindness because it's more of a study in it's from a book and then the concept is you also is, feel dirty after watching that it's movie. a very grungy and the idea is um, because looking at this sort of like hovel area that they've made the aliens live in and like what how low do we go uh, in our lives in our standards when put in a situation we don't have any control over like how low how blindness healthy, is healthy kind of and blindness shows just average normal people take away the sight it's called blindness and how how 
what what strips away from your humanity and how you start to treat each other and how how are you willing to live how slow are your standards when you just need to survive and i think that's a really good one it's another one i wouldn't recommend to everyone but it's really well done Julianne. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I think some people would be bored by Julianne that movie, Moore. but I, it was in my top five movies of Brilliant, last year yeah. so, of two thousand and nine. So um, well, last year, yeah. So games and Ace Gully stuff this week. I've been playing Modern Warfare two. No surprise Big there. Surprise. Um, I've also been playing, and you watched me play this one, and I, I can honestly say this is one of the most amazing games I've played, and that's Uncharted two on the PlayStation three. Um, it's gone down as. Like, because there's just been the Game of the Year awards on all kinds of different websites, and I only just played it, and it so happens that it became Game of the Year pretty much across the board for everything. Um, I don't disagree. It's like, you know, when they say triple A video game, like a triple A quality title, that's what it is. Don't don't you agree? The voice acting, the game itself, the huge scope of it is like. You know, it's about a 15-hour game, but I felt like I'd been on a journey at the end of it. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was huge. And one thing i got to say about it is, every other video game maker, look at Uncharted 2's voice acting and hire whoever those people are. <laughs> because it's actually not like watching stilted, like, hey, Commander. You know, you know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? Like, some video games are terrible, like, in that respect. You can't just get into it because, like, wow, there's some guy who just sounds like... He's reading it on the telephone right. or something. But these people really threw themselves into the... I mean, you saw some of the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. You felt like you were with those people all Not the time. Not just cutscenes. I mean, it's all through the game. You're talking, people are talking to you. and Yeah, all the time. Um, I think, like, in the first game, Uncharted 1, your sidekick guy was Sully, who's the oldish kind of adventurer guy, who appears in the beginning of this game, and then they quickly make it clear that He's not going to be the guy who's with you this time. It's going to be these two hot chicks. Now, they're not just hot chicks either. There's a lot to them. So there's like Chloe, the brunette, and there's Helena or Elena, the reporter from the first one. Um, But they... It's very different with these two, the vibe of it. Because the vibe of you and Sully was like... Manly. Indiana Jones and his dad. That's what it reminds me of. Right, right. This reminds me of, like, the mummy... Or something. Right. The, the mummy in particular. Um, but it's just really a well-made game. And I can't wait to see Uncharted 3. I have no idea where it's going to go or anything. But When does it come out? Probably another couple of years. Because oh, right, this right. is pretty new. You know, it's only just come out. But that's a PlayStation 3 game. I think it's absolutely worth... You know, it's got a really good multiplayer component too, which actually is really deep. It's got a leveling up system, all that kind of stuff. You could probably play it I think it, you should, it should have co-op though. It does have co-op. I mean, co-op, co-op where you and your friend sit on the couch and play together. Like a split screen. Hmm. Hmm. I see what you're saying. It doesn't have it, but I, no. can, I can never yeah. play like that anyway. It drives me mad. You know, having half a screen. It really right. Um, so, and the other game on the place, I've been playing another PlayStation 3 game called Pixel Junk Shooter, which you might be able to tell us about. Because you... I like it. It is. <laughs> I don't even know. You're just underground. and It's like old school. Just puzzles. You have to get, uh, save these little individual men under each level. You're in the ground and like tunnels. And there's some lava and there's some water. And you have to figure out how to balance out the use of lava and water. And then you break through rocks. You try not to kill the little dudes. You gather gems. Um, it's just very 
old school looking, but it's you get through a level and you want to go do another one and another yeah, one. Yeah, it's like um, it's like a lot of old school arcade games, but then it's also not like them. It's like too, a modern a, puzzle game where you don't just go through it. There might be places where you've got different little pockets and you have to go. Oh, do I? Let the lava fall on the water first, or do I let the water fall first? Yeah, it's got this fluid need the, system. Yeah, it's got... And it looks... It's Which really, an old school game... Now, I didn't control it at all. It could have been harder to control No, it controls it pretty easy. It's a dual stick thing. You move both sticks to move. You know, you, you've got a little ship. It's kind of affected by gravity. Like it like it falls from the sky if you don't keep managing it. Right, so, right. So, you, you know, it's not straight up. Just move it around. But it's Pixel Junk Shooter. It's the latest in the Pixel Junk series. I've been into the Pixel Junk series since the beginning. Pixel Junk Monsters, I think, is really good. That's like the, their tower defense yeah. game. And um, Pixel Junk Racers is like a slot car racing game. And Pixel Junk Eden, which was kind of an abstract kind of... You remember Flower? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, but in 2D. Um, but yeah, they make cool games. They're just kind of... Fun. Yeah, they are indie <laughs> games in a sense, but because they're on PlayStation, they become more than that. Yeah. But really, they're a small company that makes them. Um, I talked about the God of War 3 demo. You can get that if you buy District 9. And the final game I've been playing off the PlayStation Network is a game called Shatter, which you haven't seen. But what it is, and on back to the old school theme, do you remember Breakout with the bat? Yes, and yes. The, and, yes. The, and the bricks. It's a 2009 version of Breakout, and it's really, really awesome. It's got cool music. Yeah, but we're in the future now. We're in 2010. Yeah, well, 2009, so yeah, old school. Old. But it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's a twist on Breakout because there's gravity. Now your bat. Um, do you know normally on Breakout you can hit the ball and you hit all the blocks and then you go to the next level. And usually the last block, you can be hitting that ball for damn ten minutes before you hit it. <laughs> ten minutes? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're <laughs> yes. like, oh, come on, hit it. Well, Because there's no skill involved no. other than not just moving your bat in the right place. Well, the right in this time. game, there is skill because your bat contains gravity and you can, with your right trigger, blow, and with your left trigger, suck. So you can change the trajectory of the ball on the fly. So it's not going it, to... You can send it to wherever mm. you want it to go. So... That last block that might be piss you off in breakout, you can pretty much aim at it. Well, that sounds like cheating. You have to get the power. Are you up. sure the terms are blow and suck? Yeah, blow and suck. <laughs> they actually are. Because I thought it was really funny Lovely. when he said, "Now you can suck," and I was like, <laughs> "Okay." So yeah, that's a uh, shatter, and that was on sale on the PlayStation Network for uh, three ninety nine, ah. which, which is pretty good for a full game because it, you know, there's quite a lot of levels. So um, that's video gaming for this week. And what have you got? I have what's for dinner. And what did you request for dinner? After you sat on the toilet reading my new cookbook that you bought me called Vegan Amicon. Correct. You found something on I page 133. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, <laughs> page 133, you found... Just let me do one thing here. What? I'm sweating. Oh, it's opening the door. Little, little air in. It's, it's like our house has got two different climates. Upstairs, it's fine. Yeah. Right? Until we go downstairs and get all cozy with the heater on for the movie. And then we come upstairs and it feels cold, so I turn the heat up and, and then we close should, the door. And then we should have done to the office, it gets super warm. It's computers. like there's no real control. And I don't, I, we don't keep the heat turned up way high, so it's kind of like we have to keep pockets of, yeah. well, warmed. But I think the computers also heat this room up. They oh, leave yeah. the door shut. Yeah, yeah. So what did you request out of that book? Do you remember what it's called? It was a chickpea cutlets, I believe. Right. 
And that's what I'm making. Now, that's... the way they described them sounded amazing. <laughs> so hopefully they taste like I think that description is. Now, I'm making them. And I'm going to go exactly by the Do recipe. Do you want to discuss last week's making? The thing that we had on our food for last week? Yeah. What about it? <laughs> it was samosa stuffed potatoes. Yes. And the stuffing, I didn't follow the recipe exactly right. I don't think I cut everything up small enough, like the fresh ginger and don't the garlic. Think. <laughs> but it's a fantastic idea. <laughs> it's a fantastic idea. And we will do them again. It wasn't good. But I've got to follow the time. I like, like, smash. Maybe get the food. Pro- I'll buy a food processor, and that will be a better way to do that. Probably recipe. would be. Because you make it real smooth Fine. and mushy, and that will taste awesome. But I also didn't like the whole mustard seeds and the whole coriander seeds, which it called for. So Even if they were mushed up, it would be bad. It wasn't a great success. So this week. The cutlets. I have alternatives. I have, I'm making roast potatoes and carrots. We're having some lima beans and some peas and some mushroom gravy. I'm going to make a massive amount of mushroom gravy. And the chickpea cutlets are chickpeas, some wheat gluten, lemon, thyme, garlic, uh, salt. And remember, you can always leave something out if we don't like it. Yeah, of course. On any of these recipes. But that some, other one, it was just a matter of texture things I don't really and nasty. Like. Yeah, this is a very flowery. This has garlic. Uh, lemon zest, thyme, salt, flour, or wheat gluten, which makes it like, that's what a lot of people who don't eat meat will make, like, seitan out of wheat gluten. It's like, it becomes kind of a fake meat kind Satan. of... Satan. Seitan, S-E-I-T-A-N. Right. Not S-A-T-A-N. So that was your request, and I will be making them, and we will report back next week as to the success or failure. Something smells good now. That's because earlier I cooked the chickpeas, I toasted the bread for the breadcrumbs, I have the potatoes ready to roast, and the mushrooms are... What's the smell now, though? Uh, probably the mushrooms and onion that right. I cooked slowly, or I braised them earlier, and now I'm going to make the gravy out of it. I'm a good cook. This is some days. I don't follow... I don't... I don't have the patience or something, and when I just don't get that one thing right, it's not very good. But that recipe is still going to be good. Yeah, it was pretty pretty bad. Anyway, uh... That's well, all I've got to say. No, you got something else. That's it. Do I? Yes. Oh, just a question. All right. For you. What for is me? the purpose of art, movies, uh, sports, writing, literature, poetry? The purpose is to enrich our lives. Um... To what end? I, well, it, it it can be it can there can be a meaning to st- some stuff, and then they they might not be to some others. Like District Nine, for instance, we just watched. I don't mean individually. I mean in life overall, as, as a human race. Why do we have art? Um, why do we design buildings because rather than just living in a? We are very uh, visual. Yeah, uh, but what does it do for life? Why do we need a painting on the wall? Why do well, we have a I don't. I don't actually agree that uh, anything is super valuable, like Monet's paintings. No, and no, stuff. no. I, agree. I don't actually agree with that because you know stuff, stuff like that gets. I mean, yes, people produce stuff, and some people think, oh, that that's genius, and some people don't. And yeah, but that's my. That's what I'm talking about. That entirety of all of it. What is the purpose of it? Probably to you? nothing. No, what is it to you? I don't to mean, me, just I don't mean like the big picture. stimulation, like yeah, yeah, like uh, right, right. I you know sitting down and watch movies, for instance, or video games. For me, they're created by somebody. Um, 
you might say the purpose is to make money out of them. Correct. But the other purpose, it, yeah, on a, on a level, yes, there is that purpose. But the other purpose, I think, is I can sit and watch a movie for two hours and completely don't think of anything But why else. would we spend two hours watching a movie made by other people when we could actually be doing something productive in life, like curing diseases and hunger and shit like that? Why do we use all these distractions instead of putting all of that effort Even and if energy? I, if no, I mean you, all of us. If you said to me cure a disease on Sunday afternoon for I don't two mean hours. you specifically on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, why do why do we use that? It's like such a distraction from so much potential we all really have. And I make art, so this is why the question comes up to me sometimes. What is the, Why am I making art? It's just you look at it and someday it'll get thrown away and that'll be Yeah, that. and some people have no interest in art whatsoever. Well, they have interest in something. They're yeah, going to yeah. like music or movies or sports or something. And to me, it's just all a big distraction. It's stimulation, in my opinion. All right. Because it can inspire. Because what's the alternative? Your life without it would Imagine, be... like, no music, movies, games, uh, art. Um, if it was taken away sport. after we have been familiar with it, that would be different than if it never existed. Yeah think we have a lot of potential we don't put to use because we distract ourselves with yeah but you know such frivolity and i'm 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 a humongous art lover and love to make it but i just and i see movies as art in a way you know not all of them but they're creative i mean it's storytelling it's yeah it takes effort to, to to come up with it you know start to finish doesn't it i mean it takes some people's lives to come up with a body of movies, you know. Mm. Um, or it takes some people's lives to come up with the cure for something. You but know. more of us could be doing things like that if we didn't all get saturated with distractions of yeah, entertainment yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, because you think there could be like some real genius guy who's like, "Should I try and do that? Should I try and cure this?" And I might never come to that. Might never come to the cure. I don't think it occurs to people. No, what I'm saying is, do you think they say? I might never get to the get to the point like in my lifetime. Or I can go and make a movie and make a billion dollars. No, I don't think it's and conscious then they go that like way that. instead. No, I don't think that's what I'm saying. Hopefully not, right? It's not in us to first think of all the good we could do for ourselves for our, as a as a race, a human race, right? We don't make the effort in numbers or in our lives to go to other countries and meet other people from other cultures to bridge that gap. We don't do that on the whole. Some people do. Most people don't. Because what are we doing? We're going to work. We're paying the mortgage. We're sitting around watching movies. We're doing the thing. And then we're dead. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, And you raise more children who do the same thing. And occasionally one or two pop out into the stream of people who end up doing something that is for a bigger good. Correct. Um, so if you've got the answer to this question... <laughs> you can email me. Yeah. At SidDoc at SidDoc.com. At SidDoc, I don't care. No, you can email me on this one. I want to hear your what you have to say. All right, so thank you for listening to After the Show number 103. Um, I want to say you can go to ascully.com, A-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com. And you can find you can find this podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast, which would be on the Zoom Marketplace RSS feed or the iTunes Music Store. You can go to SidTalk.com to learn about SidTalk. What's next week? What do you mean? It's Jennifer's body. It's a hundred. Why are we celebrating the two-year anniversary with Jennifer's body? You've got something against <laughs> this movie, right? No, I'm saying there's nothing. No, nothing. Nothing. You know. 
monumental about it. We've been doing this for two years, You've got mate. something against this movie. I will, possibly. <laughs> hey, I'm set. I'll watch it with hey, an open mind. Yeah, but... just, yes, you have to. So is that, that just... going to be the spectacular because there's a sexy our two-year anniversary of sitting in this room doing this podcast every single week and because watching the... a movie that I'm totally not looking forward be... to? Well, why wouldn't you? I... Look at the cover. Yeah, why would that appeal to me? It's appealing to me. Correct. Maybe you could do it by yourself. <laughs> well, maybe not. You can add it close. I know, that's what I'm saying. Looks kind of creepy. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, uh, you can also... Next week is our two-year anniversary, is what I'm saying. For this show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not, not, not our for wedding. No. no, our wedding anniversary will be ten years. Yeah, so uh, you can also go to twitter.com and uh, follow yeah. me, A. Scully, and you, Sid Talk. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can email feedback to me at ascoli.ascoli.com. You can email answers to that other question to you yeah. or me. And you can... Uh, that's it that's the end of the show you can stay classy you can stay classy district we will let you know what the food tastes like for sure oh um Jennifer's body by the way which I'm holding in my hand oh nice yes (laughs) you wish they're saying um includes both the theatrical and the unrated version so I think we'll watch the unrated of course so uh stay classy district now and I'm gonna say think for yourself and think about that question why do you like art? Do you like it because you like it? Or you like it because somebody told you to? And don't forget one more thing I wanted to add. <laughs> I never add it every week. You can go and read the written review of this movie mm. on Thursday evening. Mm. Thursday. Sometime, Sometime in that 24-hour period of Thursday. We also have a written review, which isn't necessarily what we said here. We might cover some other stuff because we've had more time to think about it. Any movie that we do on the podcast, I write the review for. We have other movie reviews that are written by other another person or two and uh the ones on this movie are all by me so think for yourself everybody or someone will do it for you and uh happy 2010 correct